Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. Good morning and welcome to FBC Gather Live. Now my name is Sue and I'm one of the elders here and worship pastor. Now this is the fourth week into our discipleship series. And as a leadership, we're really praying that this eight-week series inspires. I'm sure it will provoke, but mainly it will give us fresh insight in what it is to follow Jesus and to see that discipleship is transformational. Now, the invitation to follow Jesus is not only life-enhancing and life-changing for ourselves as individuals, but also for our family and for those around us. And to become like Jesus is absolutely transformational. And that is what this series is all about. It's uncovering what that journey looks like. Now, as I said, it's not only for ourselves as individuals, but also for those around us and for our families. And last week, we heard Nathan speak about breaking off the negative patterns of our past. And this invitation to be transformed, to deal with some of those circular patterns that are negative, actually is for the benefit not only of us, but for the benefit and the freedom of future generations. And so discipleship not only transforms the present, but discipleship also transforms the future. So true story. Uh, This week, I did something I never thought I would ever do. For the first time, I went to a golf driving range. And my good friend took me. Uh, She's been having lessons for a while. And so in a very socially distanced manner, she taught me how to swing the driver, I think, the three wood, the five wood. I've learned so much terminology. (laughs) But actually, I really enjoyed it. And actually, she said that apparently I was a natural. But as I was... um, hitting the balls, I think that's the official terminology, something crept up in me, and it was this competitive edge. Now, there's nothing wrong with healthy competition, but what I found happened was I started to want to hit the ball the strongest, and I I wanted to hit the ball hardest, and I wanted to hit the ball the furthest. And for the first time ever on the golf driving range, (laughs) I suddenly became incredibly competitive. Now, afterwards, uh, as I was reflecting on this time, I I wonder what it was within me, that, that inner urge to be strong, to be the best, to be on top. And I then started to look back, uh, all of my 49, okay, a few more than that, all of my years, and trying to recall memories, times, emotions, feelings that I had regarding uh, this, this, this urge, this competitive urge. And also this, this desire to be, to be the strongest. And I recalled that when I was a child, I made a vow. And one of these uh, times, I vowed to myself that I would never cry. Because I felt that crying was weak. And so in order to be strong, to feel strong, to sound strong, to look strong, I would never cry. 
And so I pretended to be tough. I tried to behave as if nothing and no one could ever hurt me. And so I allowed nobody to come close to me. I allowed nobody in to my inner chamber. I, I allowed nobody to get to know me. I, I, I allowed nobody body to, to really see who I was. And I was truly undercover. Now, over the years, there's been a gentle and at times not so gentle, as we can all probably relate to this, uh, uh, an unraveling of the heart and a re-educating and a renewal of the mind. And to be honest, that's all down to making a decision to follow Jesus. It's all down to having a relationship with God and allowing God to change me from the inside out. It's all down to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And it's all down to my transformation being guided by my creator, God. It's all down to God's extravagant, overwhelming, never-ending love, grace, mercy, and everlasting forgiveness. And so as I look back after my golf lesson, I started to think, why was it that, that I was unable to really be my real self? Why did I feel that I had to be strong? Why did I feel that I had to go undercover? Now, then I started thinking, is it just me that feels this? I hope not. I don't think it is. So is it just me who has tried and at times still continues to try to be strong or look strong? Is it only me who has had and at times continues to have a distorted understanding of what it means to be strong or what it means to feel weak? Am I alone in covering up real emotion? Am I alone in hiding my brokenness for fear of ridicule? Or for fear of being defined as the one who needs help? Is it only me? <laughs> and this is a true one for me, for sure. Is it only me who forgets that my reserves are not limitless? Is it only me that forgets to lean into the one who actually is limitless? And that is God, the unlimited one. So I guess this morning I'm thinking, is it only me? Probably not. And yet we may just all show it in different ways. Now many of you know that I am a songwriter and so song lyrics have always been really important to me. And I've always loved this quote from a Leonard Cohen song and it goes like this. I won't sing it. <laughs> I'll just say the lyrics. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. And that's how the light gets in. Perhaps as we embrace our humanity and our brokenness, maybe as we honestly admit before God and others the imperfections, the cracks, the fractures, the chinks in our beingness, then the light of God can flood in and shine within and without and bring a greater measure of healing and wholeness. It's interesting, a friend of mine once said, um, we are not asked to be crackpots, but we're asked to be cracked 
pots. And so maybe during this whole series, we are learning what it is to embrace who we really are, the good and the bad and the ugly, the positive and the negative. And as we are honest before God, our great designer, as we are honest to ourselves and honest to one another, what happens with those fractures, those cracks, those imperfections, those weaknesses, what happens is that God shines light through them and in them. Let's delve into a little bit of scripture, and I'm going to look at 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. Now, the Apostle Paul is writing about his thorn in the flesh, and scholars are not decided together about whether this is a physical ailment or maybe it's a spiritual temptation or maybe it's just general opposition to his teaching and his manner but this thorn tormented him and Paul pleaded with the Lord to take it away and verse 9 picks up the story and I'm going to read first from the NIV but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The Passion Translation says this, so I will celebrate my weaknesses. For when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. What incredible words. Just reading them again this morning, it's like Paul is delighting in his weaknesses because he sees it as a cause for celebration. This great alchemist God turns weakness into strength turns agony into celebration, mourning into dancing. God is this great redeemer if we allow God to redeem. And yet Paul, he was learning, I guess, to lean into the strength of Christ. Paul struggled. Paul was very honest before God. Paul was very honest about the struggle and the wrestling of embracing his weakness. And yet it was turned into strength because he allowed God to act on his behalf. I love that verse 10. My weakness becomes a portal for God's power. I wonder how we relate to that this morning. I wonder what are our thorns? We all have them. Sometimes they may look different from someone else's thorns. But we all have those thorns, those thorns that slow us down, those thorns that trip us and others up. Do we hide them or do we own them? 
in order for God to transform us? Do we know that in our weakness, Christ can shine strong? Or, as my previous story said, when I was a child, I tried to be strong all by myself. And there's a lot of learning to do <laughs> when we feel that way. A little while ago, I watched a TED talk about vulnerability by an American research professor, Brené Brown. Her earlier TED talk on shame uh, had already gripped me, and it went viral. Millions and millions of people started to hear about Brené Brown, buy her books, uh, watch her TED talks. And her book, and I've got it here this morning, Daring Greatly, uh, actually has really impacted me. And on the front cover, it says Daring Greatly, but then the subtitle is How the Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the Way We Live, Love, Parent, and Lead. What is she saying here? That vulnerability changes lives. That vulnerability takes courage. And one of the quotes in this book says this, Vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they're never weakness. Suddenly, being vulnerable and honest about our broken places becomes courageous. <laughs> it becomes courageous. It may be risky and at times incredibly destabilizing, but courageous. It takes bravery to be and to own up to our weakness. Finally, you may have seen the Charlie Mackesy book, and I've got that here today as well, just to show you. Um, the Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. And I've found uh, this whole book, and many of you may have already seen it and read it, uh, there's such simple but profound wisdom throughout every page. And I've just picked out three images for us this morning. What is the bravest thing you've ever said, asked the boy. Help, said the horse. When have you been at your strongest, asked the boy. When I have dared to show my weakness. Asking for help isn't giving up, said the horse. It's refusing to give up. This morning, we've heard it from the horse's mouth. <laughs> Brené Brown and the Apostle Paul, that embracing what we may consider to be our weaknesses, our imperfections, our brokenness, our struggles, is actually daringly courageous. That to be wholly transformed, we have to unwrap ourselves as a whole. And that takes bravery to go deep. It takes bravery to admit even to ourselves that there's this thorn. It takes bravery even to admit it to our designer God, who has no preconceptions about us because God knows us intimately and yet still loves us extravagantly. I also believe that if we connect and understand with our own imperfections and weaknesses and brokenness, then that really helps us to understand other people's. It brings out such a true empathy that we start to really understand other people. 
And when we see the, the power of vulnerability to be transformational, then we encourage others to be vulnerable. Not to denigrate them or put them down or ridicule them, but so that they can be lifted up by the love of God and find strength in their circumstance. Vulnerability isn't about pouring out everything to anyone who just happens to pass by. Vulnerability is about us being absolutely open before God, allowing these potter's hands to get into our clay, and it's about opening up our deepest self to our designer God who knows us as I said, intimately, yet loves us extravagantly. And as a side note, to be vulnerable to someone else, that takes trust. And so look for those friendships, look for those relationships where vulnerability isn't about gossip or, or putting us down, but vulnerability is about a friendship where seeds of hope are birthed. And so find those places of trust those places where you can be open and there's such a love and such an encouragement to journey on. I'm going to leave you with these words of Apostle Paul. When I am weak, then I am strong. Let's pray together and then we will have communion. God of the abide, steal me, rest me, Resource me, revive me. God of the abide, pause me, position me, center me, refuel me. God of the abide, rehydrate me, enlighten me, strengthen me, and overshadow me.